Pegasus Podcast, presented by Night Sports Now. UCF news, views, and a few hot takes. Now, here are your hosts, Bailey Go Knights Adams and Christian Charjon Simmons. Welcome into a special edition of the Pegasus Podcast. As promised, it's it's a later special than we than we really wanted to give. We wanted to talk about uniforms earlier this week. UCF said no, not yet. But we're here to talk about John Walker committing to UCF, the highest rated recruit in UCF history, choosing UCF over Ohio State, Michigan, Miami, and Florida and his other uh, other schools in his top five. Christian, how are you tonight? I'm doing good. Like you said, this was supposed to be our second emergency podcast, but unfortunately UCF athletics does not know what the word soon means. So we're still um, <laughs> waiting on uniforms, but yeah, I mean, we talked about it on our episode this week about like, even as it was leaking out, like, I mean, once Wilt Fong put in a crystal ball, that that's like the sign to most people. And it's like, okay, this is happening. And I just refused to believe it until it <laughs> happened. And we had a little bit of last minute drama because Miami's 247 site reported that essentially what it sounds like is when Miami figured out that Ohio state was out there, we're like, Oh, well, if he's going to UCF, we'll just take him. Cause you know, that's what we do. And that they made a late push and they'd been interested in him from the beginning. Florida had pushed really hard for him too. That's the weird thing about John Walker to me is like, I feel like UCF fans almost don't understand like, this was a player that more or less could have gone to any school in the country he wanted. And this isn't one of the ones where like UCF gets a commitment from someone who had an offer from Florida and Florida fans are like, Oh, well, we didn't really want him. We just threw the offer. Like this is someone that like they the Gators him. would have gladly added to their roster. The hurricanes would have gladly added Ohio state would have gladly added. And he's coming to UCF. It's it, it is. It's one of those things. Like we, we talked about earlier this week, you and I have been talking about it all week. Just, we didn't want to believe it until it happened, but it was weird because I, I tuned into the to the live stream that uh, Brandon Helwig threw up there. And as like, as I was getting ready for him to announce it, and as he was going through like, you know, the spiel that every recruit does, I was like, oddly just 100% confident. Like I just knew it was, gonna I happen. was not, I was stressed out. Like, and, then, the video. <laughs> and then when he said like my first thing, cause I guess it was like, I don't know when he, when he said, the university as soon as he said the university i knew he was going to say of central florida like i wasn't like oh he's going to say university of miami or university of florida i literally i was driving at the time and i just had it on over playing over the speaker of my car and literally i just i don't remember the the reaction i had it was a very loud like i screamed in the car by myself i was like let's go um well he claimed tonight after committing that he had silently committed to ucf three months ago which i personally don't believe because from what <laughs> It sounds like it does not sound like the UCF was aware until a few days ago that they were landing him. It doesn't even sound like they were really sure of it until like yesterday. So yeah. I don't know if I buy that, but I mean, this is, we talked about when you see, I mean, I, obviously, I mean, he's a top 100 player. I can't even fathom that, that UCF's just had a top 100 player. <laughs> he's the third four-star in this class after the Harris twins. One thing we talked about the Harris twins that I said at the time was, well, that was a huge get. And I'm not downplaying that at all because landing two four-stars in a day, two top 300 players at the time, even though 247's knocked them down since, because that's what 247 does is, Huge, but I said at the time, I think on our podcast, I don't remember if I said it in text or on the podcast, I get those mixed up in my head, but that while that was great, I still think UCF is like a couple years away from like being able to go head to head with the in-state power schools for a kid. Because Andrew Michael Harris, as highly rated as they were, never really had a direct relationship with Florida or Miami or Florida State, weren't really directly recruited by them. John Walker was coveted by Florida and Miami. And for me to say UCF's a couple years away from that, in reality, they were a month away from doing that. Like I've just consistently like recruiting has consistently ramped up like a freaking exponential like line or whatever you want to call it. I don't do math. Sorry guys. Like just way, 
way faster than I ever could have imagined it. And that's the real like long-term consequence here is because I don't think that like Florida was able to come in and just say, we want Isaiah Nixon, we're paying him, we're taking him, you know? And I don't, I don't think any of the in-state schools took UCF seriously. Some of the out-of-state schools were starting to, like some of the mid-level P5s were realizing Central Florida wasn't as easy to take like mid-level four stars from. But now this has put everyone on notice of like, oh man, like UCF is going to be in the game of taking the players they want. And yeah. that's scary for a lot of other teams. Well, just, I always thought like, it's just, if you can get some of these players to stay home, like we, you and I talked about that on the podcast, just like, beat out the schools like the mid, mid-level power fives and yeah he, every once in a while you're gonna get a win but this is just such a massive massive win and it it is it's like UCF you, you're not going to be able to just come into Orlando and say oh we want this guy this guy this guy UCF's going to be a factor whether or not they're not going to get everyone of course but I mean it's just th- this is such a shift in UCF's potential and recruiting that it's hard to quantify I guess and it's hard to really explain but it's just a huge, it's a huge event, huge moment for UCF in the recruiting world. And I mean, shout out to Kenny Martin, shout out to T-Will, shout out to Gus. Like, I mean, they got to throw the bag at, at T-Will and Kenny, and Kenny Martin. I know Kenny Martin was a big part of, Literally of give this them all too, the money. but like, they, the I money. mean, they've, they've, got to, they've got to. You look at defensive recruiting since this staff got here. I mean, you've got John Walker, obviously, the Harris, Andrew and Michael Harris, Kaven Call, Jamari and Jakari, Damari and Jakari Henderson, uh, Nikai Martinez like yeah. I just the, the um, like UCF is well on their way assuming these guys like stick and don't transfer and whatever and we can talk about John Walker and like whether he actually commits or not in a second but like that I mean UCF is literally building what is unquestionably going to like if it holds together going to be one of the most elite if not the most elite defense in the big 12 which is a sentence that does not make sense but yeah and I do want to say I've had some UCF fans like I've seen them on Twitter say stuff about um oh, well, you know, we lost Isaiah Nixon. So, you know, John Walker will just decommit eventually. And first off, there's two things to that. One is that I feel like he is less likely to decommit because Isaiah Nixon, like we said, it's more or less been reported that he decommitted because Florida basically offered him an NIL deal or Florida's collective, quote unquote. And John Walker was being committed by Florida heavily, by Miami heavily, by Ohio State, by Michigan. Like these are all the schools that are the heavy hitters in NIL. (laughs) So it's like, if he turned the, like, like Isaiah Nixon circumstances change this time, it's like the, like, unless that these teams get so desperate, they just up the value and up the value, which I don't necessarily see happening. I, I think he's going to stick. And on the flip side, even if he doesn't stick, say he spends the next three months or four months committed to UCF or whatever, this has completely changed UCF's recruiting profile as a school. I, I mean, other recruits are going to take notice of this in a big way, both in 2023 and 2024. And even if he ends up decommitting, this is going to give UCF the chance to build foundations of relationships that can stick. I mean, it's just landing a top 100 player is a big deal. I tweeted that UCF, if he if he signs in December, UCF is going to become just the second school of the new Big 12 to have landed a top 100 player in the last five years. Like, this doesn't happen yeah. often, you know? Yeah, I mean, I made the joke when um, the Harris Twins committed, and I was like talking about how big of a deal they're top 300 players. I was like, there's only 300 of them. Top 300 players, there's only 300. Top 100 players, there's only 100 of them. The math does check out. It it checks out. And yeah, I mean, it's, I'm looking at a a story Jason B. of Orlando Sentinel just posted uh, about the commitment and just looking at some of his numbers. Last year um, with Osceola, John Walker had 77 total tackles, 13 sacks, and 17 tackles for loss in a high school season. That is stupid. I mean, I don't know how far Osceola went last year. I, mean, I assume they had like three blue chip recruits on their defense, so they probably did pretty well. But even still, like the most, even if you're going to states, the most games you're going to play in a season is what, like 15, 14, yeah. 15, I think, in the high school level? At the most, yeah. And yeah, he had 13 sacks and 17 tackles for loss from the defensive tackle position. 
Listen, he is six foot three. He is well over, he is well over 300 pounds and he is athletic and quick. That is like everything that you could want. And that's the other thing we're talking about, like sort of broad terms, what this means for UCF recruiting future of UCF, all of that aside, they are getting a guy who's going to the NFL. Like that, that's what this is. Like, I mean, I I just, to have a player of that caliber on your roster, I think obviously he can make a big impact immediately. I'm sure that was part of the pitch, but I mean, just, this is the perfect type of player to have coming into your program as you go to the big 12. I mean, just like light it's, we talked about how recruiting is like a crapshoot and I'm not saying there's no reality where John Walker doesn't pan out, but like, first off D linemen are like a little easier to evaluate than some other yeah. positions. Like <laughs> I said, when you're six foot three, 300 pounds and fast, it's like, there, there's only yeah. so many ways that can go wrong, but just, I mean, the top 100 are more of those like can't miss guys when you're, I, I mean, he's not that far off from five-star territory. It's just insane. And I mean, I, you know, and I do want to talk a little bit about, cause UCF, I mean, they had their little impromptu pool party that got rained out, but was still a nice recruiting event night splash on Tuesday. And how many times did I say on this damn podcast that <laughs> I thought UCF really screwed up by their strategy of being the first visit for everybody? Well, guess what they were for John Walker. They were the last visit. Guess what they were for Braden Marshall. Now the last visit who's committing on Saturday, even though UCF isn't in his top three, we'll see how that goes. Another allegedly, <laughs> allegedly not in his top three. I, I just, and I'm not saying that like John Walker was not coming to UCF and then night splash happened, but I do think that hosting that event when they did was really smart because you can look at it two ways It either a locked up John Walker, which I think there's a case to be made. And, or if he showed up at the event, knowing he was coming to UCF, then you had a bunch of other high level players around him at UCF seeing this top 100 player who's coming to the school. So yeah. that was a really, really smart event. It's such a weird thing. I mean, to hear him say, Oh, I've I mean, I made the decision that I wanted to go to UCF for three, three months ago. Like, yeah, I mean, that probably plays more into your second, like your, what you said a second there about him already coming to UCF for Night Splash, knowing that he's visiting. But even still, like, I think just giving that experience, not just for him, like you said, with Braden Marshall, with all these other top level recruits, like to be able to have something like that right before they're about to enter a dead period again, right? Yeah. You're right to enter the dead before the dead period. It's massive. And I know like the the whole like narrative when things started to kind of come out about you know, potentially UCF landing John Walker was all like, oh, his mom wants him to stay home. His mom wants him to stay home. In the story from uh, Jason Beatty on the Orlando Sentinel website, um, he, he literally addresses that basically. He says, um, he said, I'd been seeing some tweets that my said my mom made this decision, but this was all me. It was all my decision. My parents had nothing to do with it. Whatever school I wanted to go to, they would have been there and supported me. So, I mean, it's just, it's, it was like a big thing where, UCF it was like oh we're not losing a recruit to UCF we're just losing a recruit to his mom or something like that and it was just stuff like that where it's but like frankly okay, I, mean, I don't care like, I, I really don't thing. care because yeah, the whole like, point is that's the whole point with the whole hometown hero thing like you think that like it's like I feel like people don't get what that means like when we say oh we landed this really really high rated player because he's going to come be a hometown hero and an opposing fan base says no it's just because he wants to stay home and wants his family to see him play yeah cool. that's, that's what that's, that means that's, that's the advantage, advantage of being UCF West Virginia I feel like I pick on West Virginia a lot West Virginia can't do that it. like if West Virginia wants a kid to be the hometown hero it's going to be a freaking like two-star kicker like I, I just it's like <laughs> I, like being in the middle of where UCF is talent wise that's the advantage is that you are going to get guys like that who because of family or whatever they want to stay close to home they like where they live they like the idea of their family being at all their games and that's how UCF gets them that's great I'm fine with that that's that's why like it's like I, I literally don't understand why people on Twitter were like, well, UCF did like that's get an this. insult. <laughs> UCF only got this player because they're in the middle of some of the most refer- of some of the most fertile recruiting territory in the country. Yeah, that's yeah. how recruiting works. Yeah, nice, like nice slam. You really, you really got us. 
Also, you say two star kickers. We don't do two star kickers at UCF anymore. We do five star kickers. Oh, we don't. That's right. We should have had an emergency podcast for UCF landing the number one <laughs> kicker uh, in recruiting yeah. this year. But um, yeah, I, I just I don't, I don't. We don't have to go super long here because this is an emergency podcast, and I would like to get this up. But I like I I'm at like main takeaway thing for me above everything above anything is just like we are 18 months. We are not even eight, Gus Malzahn was hired as UCF's coach 17 months ago, yeah. and. UCF is recruiting the way I thought it would take. And, and I'm not joking, like three or four years, even after the big 12 news to be recruiting. And it's not even like UCF went 14 and 0 last year and all the hype is on them. I mean, UCF, you have the stat of their player rating compared to Cincinnati's right now, because we yeah. all went up on Cincinnati's class all season. And um, yeah. So UCF's pl- average player rating right now is 89.55. That's just through eight or eight commits and it's 89.55. And Cincinnati's, let me go over here. It is uh, 21 commits. It's 87.61. So UCS is almost, or I think it's two points or more than two points higher. Which that's what I kept like getting mad at when people are like Cincinnati's classes and saying they're going to crush the big 12. I'm like, it's very early. And like, that's great that you guys have like 18, three stars committed, but like when everyone else has six commits, yeah, it's going to pump up your class. Like to like, I, if you don't follow recruiting, having an average player rating of 89, anything is insane. Like that is like, not just power five, that is like top of the power five level. Well, I mean, you five. said it's, it's higher than anyone in the new Big 12 except for one, right? You said? No, it's higher than all of the teams that will make up the new Big 12. Even in the current Big 12, it's just behind Texas and OU. Okay. Like, like it's, oh, I'm looking at it now, yeah. It's ridiculous. And, and I, mean, I don't think it'll stay that high because like UCF, there are some guys UCF's interested in. They're going to add to the class. They're going to lower it a little bit, but not by a lot. And if you add in someone like Braden Marshall on Saturday, which seems like a possibility, it's just going to help fortify it. Like, it's insane the level of player they're bringing in. I mean, you just go up and up and down the list. I mean, like, it's it's higher than Arkansas, who's in the SEC. It's higher than, you know, Northwestern, a Big Ten team. It's higher than Iowa. Um, higher than North Carolina, who they lost a recruit to. Higher than Washington. It's just behind Florida. Like, And, and these are all – and let's not forget that th- this is all also separate from all the high-level transfers UCF's brought oh, in yeah. in both classes with Malzahn and will continue to bring in. I mean, the amount – Malzahn is – I mean, I tweet it. Like, I remember I had his opening presser when he was like, we're going to recruit – like, Higher than Michigan, by the way. Man, well, we just be out Michigan for a crew, which is again, not a sentence I ever thought I'd say. But Gus was like, we're going to recruit like our hair is on fire. We're going to go after the top players in the nation. And we used to argue about this in the early days of the Pegasus podcast because I was like, he's crazy. Like, that's great. And I love the attitude, but he's crazy. One of my five-year predictions was that they would land a five-star, which I mean, still don't know if that's actually going to happen. The clock's ticking on that, but they're trending that way. I would still say that's not going to happen, even though like I'm just keep getting proven wrong because I just probably not. There's only 30 ish five stars each year. And it's like, listen, if NIL hadn't become a thing, I would be agreeing with you at this point. But it's like five stars are going for like millions and millions of dollars in most cases. It makes sense to me because if you're a five star, you're probably like on a fast track to the league anyway. So like is a little bit more like NIL money, not a little bit more. I don't want to, I guess, (laughs) diminish it like that, but I don't know. Well, I think it depends, like, listen, it depends on the family circumstance too. Like when you've got a kid who's a five-star and yeah, he's trying to make it to the lead, but like his family is in a very bad situation right now. Like, yeah, he's going to take money. And I don't think you can fault him for that. I think kids that come from better situations have a little more leeway. And you have seen stuff about, I mean, like, I feel like a narrative gets painted that every single NIL deal offered since NIL became legal has been immediately accepted by the player. Like many players have turned down deals. There are lots of quote unquote rumors that there are players on UCF's roster right now who were recruited by other schools with NIL deals through the transfer portal and didn't go. So it's not like everyone's taking those deals. So maybe UCF can, but either way, I will settle for top 100 players. Oh, I will settle for that. I'm okay with that. You know what? I think I'm okay with that. And if they do land, even if they don't land Braden Marshall, they have three, four stars right now. 
If they land him, that's four four stars. I mean, I can't even, UCF <laughs> didn't sign any four stars under Hypel, period. Like, and I think signed one under Frost. I mean, it's just like UCF rarely, if ever, got players of that level, and now they're getting them in bunches. Yeah, no, it's it's a crazy time. And and I think, too, like we just mentioned, UCF didn't even go 14-0 last year. I think if if they build off of last year and have a really good year this year, I mean, season starts five weeks from right now, they'll be playing a game. Crazy. Um, and, you know, if they can if they can have a really good season, put, put together a good season going into the Big 12, I think that momentum and the momentum of the recruiting class they're putting together now, they can go crazy. Like, it's already been crazy, but they can go even higher, which is which is hard to even imagine. I do think that it's like, and it's funny, we actually did a podcast like before last season where we looked at like how recruiting changes with different like wins, like We're gonna do that again. areas. Oh, are Actually. we? Yeah, okay, it, was, cool. it was on there for and, uh, a couple weeks from now. I think. And I remember we had our worst case scenario was eight and four or worse, which ended up being what happened because we didn't <laughs> predict the entire roster would get injured. And I remember saying like, I don't think it matters like in year one, because Gus is just going to, you know, it, he pitches them on the future. But if UCF even is like 10 and two this year, which I think is beyond attainable, like I do think it's off to the races, like just building on your momentum each year. And, and especially if some of these freshmen who signed in this past class are getting featured, like Xavier Townsend and Nakai Martinez, yeah. I really think it's going to be off to the races. I, I, UCF can build something really freaking special here. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, we will wrap it up here. Yeah. Let's thank do you it. Guys. Sorry. Thank I took a giant guys. swig of water right when you asked me that. <laughs> I want to thank you guys so much for joining us on this special edition of the Pegasus podcast. We'll be back next week uh, with our, our normal hour, hour plus long episode, uh, episode 85 coming up in a few days. But until then, you can find us on Twitter at Bailey J Adams 22 at by CA Simmons and at night sports. Now, once again, thank you guys so much for being with us and we'll talk to you soon. Still waiting on the uniforms. Bye everybody.